Hi, Small Subjects listeners. We want to hear from you. Click on the link on the blog where we post photos from each episode, www.boxdioramas.com slash small subjects, or on our social media posts, and comment on anything we've said in this or any episode, or pose a question you'd like to hear us answer. There's no time limit, but please try to focus your comments because we'd love to include them in full on the show. Thanks. Hey guys, it's Chris at Inside the Armour Publications. I'd like to tell you about our summer sale. For the month of August, you can get 20% off any purchase. Just enter Summer 23 at checkout. The sale covers everything we sell, from Tetra PE sets and details to the incredible 148 Wingsy aircraft kits. From Yamashita Hobby Ship kits to all our books, including e-books and the models from Ukraine Books. So grab an outstanding book, kit or detail set with a full 20% off at www.insidethearmor.com. And don't forget that promo code SUMMER23. The Models from Ukraine podcast brings you all the latest news and views from the model manufacturers of Ukraine and the modelers that support them. With interviews including Mini Arts, ICM, Armory Models, Res Kit, Dora Wings, Ace Model and many more, you can find out what some of the best model companies in the world are doing and how you can help them and Ukraine. Check out the Models from Ukraine podcast on your podcast app of choice or at modelsfromukraine.buzzsprout.com. Welcome to Small Subjects, Big Ideas about Miniatures and Modeling. I'm Jim DeRogatis in Chicago. And I'm Barry Biediger in Salt Lake City. The fresh back from Texas, Barry Biediger. I'm not sure if I'd use the word fresh, but You're yeah, not looking I... too fresh on the Zoom. No. no. <laughs> but you're you're not as bad off as your lovely wife Joan, who came back with COVID uh, yeah. from what appears to have been a super spreader event in San Marcos. It looks like it was. Luckily, I'm glad that uh, COVID has turned, you know, turned into a more mild <laughs> yeah. type of uh, illness. And, you know, we're all vaxxed up and yeah. that's pr- protected us quite a bit. But yeah, a lot of people got it. Uh, I, I saw that on the Facebooks. We are talking about the IPMS National Convention, which we'll share a few thoughts with later in this episode. But first off, Barry, we are super excited to talk to the great Dave Youngquist. Um, this is episode 38. We have not talked to anyone from the retail side of this hobby. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's something obviously you and I spend <laughs> entirely too much money. Like most hobbyists do, right? Like most hobbyists. You know, when we, when we see retailers at the shows, uh, you're blessed with a couple of incredible hobby shops there in Salt Lake City and its area. Uh, I've got a couple where at least I can get supplies, gaming uh, hobby shop and a railroad hobby shop. Uh, nothing that has figures or kits I'd want. Mm, uh, yeah. And then there's there's a, a thriving internet business. Uh, 
a little less thriving than it used to be. I, uh, I have to give a shout out to one of the best retailers ever in our ho- hobby, uh, you know, Chuck from Red Lancer. Uh, oh, yeah. He died a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Uh, he was just fantastic. I am so glad that we have Dave Youngquist uh, picking up some of the slack since Chuck's yeah. been gone with Last Cavalry. And uh, and Sabo is 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 doing great stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yes, there are quite a few sites uh, catering to the plastic modeler, styrene modeling and supplies. Uh, I've really liked the folks at Lionheart, uh, mm-hmm. which is, who are fairly new, but they've been doing a good job. Well, uh, I saw them in person in Texas and bought some things from them. They're, they're I know, great. and I, I saw them in person last year when I went to IPMS Nats with you in Omaha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dave, you know, Dave is a, a hobbyist, and he's a fantastic painter, and he's always been very generous with his knowledge. In mm-hmm. fact, he did some work, uh, you know, in the other style of connoisseur miniatures painting uh you know professionally for william Britton for for Mm -hmm. for quite a few years um so you know as with jim rice over at sabo when they're selling you something they've used it and tried it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and can talk very knowledgeably about it so let's dive into this chat with dave who we've had on our wish list for quite some time all right so we've been looking forward to talking to Dave Youngquist for for quite some time. Dave, it's finally uh, it's great to finally have you on the show live from Royal Oak, Michigan. Glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Hi, Dave. Hey, Barry. Let's start at the beginning, Dave. Um, uh, how you became interested? Uh, I was I was looking a little at your Facebook page. I, I gather it was through Toy Soldiers. How you became interested in this wacky hobby? Oh no, way before that. Um early 60s Uh, i was born in 59 so i hit all the really cool stuff you know Mm -hmm. um you know uh, the release of all the universal monster movies hot rod cars beach culture and i got into my dad used to build model every every now and then so i enjoyed watching him but uh i got big time into the uh i was probably you know second or third grade started building all the monogram uh aircraft 148 scale Mm. stuff and then the tom daniels kits came out you know the red baron and all that wonderful stuff and that's how i really got into it and i continued to uh build that type of stuff until uh i don't know it's probably 13 or 14 all right all right and then how did your interest shift uh well I uh Tamaya came out with a couple really great armor models like uh you know the Tiger One mm. that was probably 69 or 70 and I'd always been kind of a history buff always collected military even from the time I was really young and then I started you know doing that and I uh, enjoyed you know doing little dioramas and uh you know, painting the figures, you know, with testers and, and what have you. And, yeah, uh, those little and, and, square and the, bottles, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, and then uh, not much after that, I discovered uh, the drums 
And that was it. I packed everything away until I was 30. <laughs> 30. Wow. So from mid-teens to 30, you were a rock and roll animal. Roll drummer. From yes. from one of the greatest rock cities in America, Detroit. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. So were, were you gigging like you were almost the right age? Were you gigging with like MC5, Stooges? Uh, no, I, I'm, no, I'm definitely too young for that. The Grandy Ballroom was long gone by the time I was you know, out he, gigging. So by then it been, was... Go ahead. You would have been like 11 or something. I think yes. that's a little young for an MC5 show, Jim. All right. Yeah, okay, yeah, 72, 70. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. Yeah, all those bands were long gone. Yeah, but the spirit lived on. That unique mi mix of Motown soul and punk rock aggression. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, rock and roll derailed me from modeling for a long time too. the pursuit of sex, drugs and rock and roll and, and rock and roll. Rock and roll yeah. was the only one I ever actually got into. But um, uh, what what brought you back, Dave? Uh, I got married, uh, had a kid and I didn't want to go out and gig anymore, really. And I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had too many responsibilities. And I uh, stopped over at a buddy's house. Again, I was, you know, 30, 31. And he was in his garage putzing around and he was building a model. I went, oh, I love models. Mm. And I immediately, within a week, was at the uh, local hobby store because we still had a few, you know, back around uh, 90. And bought up a couple kits, bought a whole bunch of new paints and paint brushes. And I've been uh, addicted ever since. You know, uh, I've been collecting images of your work uh, from different shows and stuff on the net and from my own files from MMSI. One of the things that uh, really impresses me, Dave, about Dave Youngquist, the artist, is uh, the breadth of vision. Now, you, you have a particular fondness, no doubt about it, for World War I. But, yes. uh, you know, you, you, there'll be pirates, there'll be World War II, there'll be World War One. Uh, you know, you, you uh, and then, you know, uh, building kits still as well. Um, uh, so you, you seem to, to really enjoy mixing it up. Yeah, I don't really build too many kits anymore. I had a commission project uh, some years back uh, doing a 116th scale, uh, Tamiya Tiger 1. But that was that, you know, the RC version. Mm. And so I ended up scratch building about 70% of that mm. and I was done. <laughs> okay. I never wanted to glue another plastic model again after that. It took <laughs> a solid year of work to do that. Mm. You know, I scratched some figures for them and, uh, but yeah, so really I, I've been just a, a figure painter for the last 30 plus years mm. and loved it. Mm. Yeah. But there's diorama work in there too. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I do, uh, Large-scale World War One dioramas every chance I get, mm -hmm. whenever the, you know, the inspiration hits. What is it about that period? I mean, I think so many of us of, of this rough age bracket, you know, we remember combat on TV or Rat Patrol and, right. uh, you know, the 430 movie on, on the networks, uh, the war movies. Uh, so World War Two seems natural, but World War One um, took some digging to get into that. Well... And like you, I mean, those were the TV shows that I watched, and it was really almost all World War II modeling for me until I went to Europe, France, northern France, uh, with a couple friends, and I spent a couple days in Verdun. Mm. 
and mm. it was life changing. When you know you pull out of the city, and you know mile or so in, you hit this forest of jack pine, and then it's just nothing but barbed wire trenches and shell holes to this day. And mm. I was stunned. And I was fortunate to go back another year or two and tour more of it. But that was that's what did it for me. Mm. It just the emotional smack of of seeing that really uh pushed me towards you know that style of modeling i think our friend our Mm. our late friend mike cobb had a similar experience yeah and there's that weird uh you know world war one is so strange because in part it's it's still the victorian or napoleonic era tactics and equipment and in part it's the first modern you know the birth of the machine well it was yes victorian tactics against uh industrial warfare yeah well you really have an ability as a painter to capture uh the mud the dirt the exhaustion the toll of that trench warfare i always love seeing your world war one guys well Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I spend a lot of time on that. You know, I really do. I want to portray them very realistically, not hyper-realistically. Like, mm. You know, I, I enjoy that style, too. That's just not how I I can do it. Um, so That's you've also done some work for Britons, right, Toy Soldiers? A lot. <laughs> uh, tell us about I think, that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I got uh, Ken Olsen, who is, you know, the... Uh, the president of Britain's now, uh, he and I had been good friends for quite some time and he was doing work for Corgi and they needed a, a painter. And I, I'd already been painting for years at this point and they were doing this whole series of 148 scale stuff. So I did, I don't know, a hundred so paint masters. And then he was hired by Britain's uh, to do sculpting. Ken's a very good sculptor. Mm. And he literally brought me along as their master painter. And this is going back, oh boy, 14 years maybe. And in that time, I believe, I, I lost count, but I think I painted 1,200, 1,500 paint masters for the company. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't so, do it too much anymore. It just, I, it was just too much. I prefer larger scale now anyway. So, yeah. So this is W. Britain, the yeah. W. Britain company. The Toy Soldier yeah. Company. Yeah. The American one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Ken, well, Ken is a well, great guy. Well, it was British. It's Oh, yeah, it was a British company. Now it's based based in uh, Chillicothe, Ohio. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, I thought it was a separate, completely separate thing. No, Ken right. kind of took no, it over, was my understanding, when it was about yes. to go under. Absolutely okay. correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Absolutely correct. Okay. But one thing um, it allowed me to do is... Because when I first started, I was doing 30 plus figures a month. And it's, they weren't the, you know, the old glass traditional toy soldier. These are matte painted, um, you know, very good quality. I wouldn't call it connoisseur quality, but you have to paint so that a production line could actually finish them. But they still have to be very, very, very good. Um, but it allowed me to, uh, start Last Cavalry. Hmm. I want to hop into that, but, you know, uh, despite us talking to Joe Burton all the time and him having yeah. done work for Ken as well mm-hmm. uh, yep. and, and loving Toy Soldier, what's the difference, Dave? You, you said they still have to be good, but they have to yeah. move on the production line. What's the difference in mindset of painting a Toy Soldier versus painting, a, and we always love this phrase, the connoisseur figure? 
you just you can't apply as many levels of shadows, highlights. Um, everything else has to be extremely crisp. But I'd I'd say that'd be the big thing is you just can't go into, you know, let's say you know seven or eight different layers on the jacket mm-hmm. or you know fifteen different types of tone on the face. You just have to keep it simple but extremely precise mm. and it it improved my painting i mean when you're painting that much you, you can't help but get better yeah yeah I, I can imagine what are you working in these days uh paint wise medium wise I, i'm still all acrylics i started mm-hmm. with uh humbrels you know um influenced by mr horan but now i uh i'm using yeah all the acrylics everybody probably uses uh Andrea scale 75, uh, AK three G, which is fairly new, but I like that very much. And occasionally Vallejo, but I mean, my desk looks like a, a grenade went off on it. There's bottles of paint everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine too. Joe always makes fun of me. Um, and, and Barry's is that's that way too. And, and then, then you have the added problem, Barry, of you and Jones swapping the little eyedropper bottles. Yeah, we have no. paint everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Dave, you said uh, working for Britons, painting thousands of uh, masters, uh, enabled you to start Last Cavalry. Tell us about uh, deciding to go into the retail end of this. Sure. Um, well, I'd, I'd spent 20 years doing high end audio. Uh, project management and um, designing uh, private home theaters for the rich and the damned. Mm. <laughs> and after about 20 years of that, I was completely burnt out. Um, I love the work. I love, you know, the designs I came up with and, and my team. I mean, really beautiful, elaborate theaters. But the clientele just wore me down. This is this is like those rich people in Gross Point. Yeah, or in the further out suburbs. Now, Gross Point's mostly old money. They wouldn't have room for these things that I was designing. So it, it was new construction, you know, 15,000, 20,000 uh, square gotcha. foot mansions. Yeah. Boy, you and know, so that, around- that, that Detroit area, I, I love Detroit. I love the spirit of Detroit and the old city. It's so great to see downtown coming back. But that yeah, weird sure. geography of rings. Uh, you know, Eminem famously made the the movie Thirteen Mile, right? It's all defined on how many miles from downtown Eight you mile. are. Eight mile, thirteen <laughs> right. mile, right? You know, and then right. you get the and these these mansions of that first the old money from the car industry when it was yep. you know ruled the world, and now yeah, it's a segregated weird place in concentric circles. So I can understand how rich people would begin to bum you out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and we're talking super rich. We're not talking, you know, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. so I pretty much hit the wall, and then 2008 happened when everything crashed, and that made it pretty easy because I was per- I was out of business at that point. Mm. You know, I mean, everything just that's the last thing. You know, who's going to spend you know half a million dollars on a movie theater when you just lost all your money in the market? Right. So I said, well, gee, I got to do something here. And I, again, I've been painting for Britons. I've been figure painting almost every day. And I said, you know what? Uh, I'm, I, well, fortunately, I, I saved a lot of my money. Um, I've been banking it. And so I said, you know what? I, I want to do something I love for the rest of my life. And, uh, 
I'm going to start a car, a company. Mm. I, you know, I knew, I knew a bit about it. I want to do an online only company. I want to carry products that I personally like and can personally recommend. I don't want to be just like a, you know, hobby shop, Amazon, um, you know, and, uh, my wife, uh, went back to school and, uh, learned, you know, a whole bunch of business accounting and we launched and it was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get the word out there? You know, I mean, you know, I would worry that do people even know I'm here? I guess when you started, uh, Red Lancer was still going and it took Chuck Robinson, uh, the late, great Chuck Robinson years and years to build up his following. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he he kind of only embraced the net a little reluctantly. (laughs) Right. Uh, he was still about showing up at shows and, and, uh, and he had a brick and mortar (laughs) shop. Uh, so you decided to get, I'm going to be, you know, you go to shows, but I'm a hundred percent online was the business model. You didn't know if it would work. Well, I didn't have any choice, so I, you make it work. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. when you, you you put all your cards in that you know one basket, you've got to make it work. So I went to every single show I could. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm driving down to Texas from Michigan, and I'm going out east, I'm going out west, passing out flyers. Uh, you know, Planet Figure, mm-hmm. Facebook, everything I I could do, and yeah, I mean, it definitely took a while and. You know, bills were pretty tough right at first, but I just kept pushing and uh, it worked out. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it really, really did. One thing I'm fascinated about, Dave, is you've got to have, you know, uh, that initial investment and then continuing. Um, You know, the site is wonderful and you have, uh, you you know, you don't have every line out there, but as you said, you have the ones that you know uh, work and that you've tried and and that brings a certain knowledge base with it. Um, But how do you, how do you stock up and say, okay, I'm going to open a hobby store, you know, and it's like, well, I got my gray army and Barry sitting in front of the stash uh, behind him. Uh, that's that's 30 models we could sell. <laughs> but how do you start a business like that? What's that investment like? Uh, it, it was quite an investment, but I am proud to say I made that initial investment and I never had to put another dollar into the company. Hmm. Um, but, you know, what do you carry? Um, well, first of all, you've got to find your suppliers, you know. Who are the manufacturers that you want to carry? You know, what kind of relationship, business relationship can you build with them? Um, and that's what I proceeded to do. I built this website uh, over a period of a year while I was still working. Mm. So I'd come home at night and work till midnight, one, two in the morning. And so when I was able to launch, I literally was able to press one button, turn the site on, and I had a, you know fully operational and partially stocked uh, inventory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where do you keep all this stuff? I've got an office. Okay. Yeah, I've got an office where a couple miles from my house, and uh, Bill, who you know, comes in uh, a couple days a week, handles all the shipping and receiving and a lot of the internet work. And uh, no, it's comfortable. So, you know, we've got all the the racks just like a store would, except, uh, you know, we're not open to the public. So... Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I knew, and I still know what you have to inventory are what I call consumables, your paints, glues, brushes, those type of items, figure kits, 
Um, it's going to depend because I do not carry any mile kits at all. Mm-hmm. Um, only figure kits. And so I, there's certain um, manufacturers that I love that I just buy direct from. But others I can get from uh, European distributors. So in other words, if somebody orders on a Monday and I don't have it, I'm shipping it to them by Friday typically. Right. So I can do a lot of just-in-time inventory so I don't have to hold, you know, a quarter million dollars in, in product because that put me out of business. So. Right, right. I can testify to that. There's been times I've been looking for a particular metal models figure or, you know, and I'll say, hey, Dave, have you got it? And uh, that's Monday. Uh, we're going to get it in no time. And then I get it Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and everybody pretty much knows how I do business. And if it's a new customer, I just email them and say, it's going to be a couple of days. And everybody's completely fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, what what is the state of uh, the manufacturers out there? Did they oh. welcome you? Were they glad to have another outlet? Because let's face it, you know, there's only a handful, uh, you know, that specialize in our connoisseur figure end of things. Right. Uh, you know, the squadrons are out there still or revived. And, you know, Lionheart's coming on strong. But that's the plastic world. In our right. world, uh, it, it's a tiny tiny group of competitors agreed um no I, I think they're all pretty excited a lot of them had known me just from you know social media or i've you know i've been published a couple times so i was able to say here you know i'm a legitimate person um with a, a legitimate passion for everything so yeah that uh you know getting on board with that with them was very very easy and I pay all my bills up front, mm. which makes, you know, everybody really happy, you know, so they're, they're paid immediately. And I've always run the business that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, when I'm selecting, you know, what I want to carry, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Some of my competitors carry stuff. I don't vice versa. Um, uh, and I, uh, I'm just really fussy. I mean, there's been a number of manufacturers, producers. I'll say, yeah, you know, please send me just, you know, one or two samples. I'd like to see what you have. And I just won't carry them. You know, if I personally don't think it's something that I would, you know, enjoy doing, I won't carry it. So. Well, and I know from experience, Dave, that you are um, uh, you are not one of these cutthroat businessmen. I, I ordered a template uh, card that you had on there <laughs> yeah. once, and you called me and said, hey, Jim, I, I happen to not have this right now. But you know what? If you go to Blick, those little plastic ones will do you do do what you want for 69 <laughs> cents. <laughs> and I'm like, right. okay, Dave. <laughs> yeah. I had more no, money I, I, I really... could spend on other stuff with you. Yeah, and it's... Uh... I really like to, because I'm a hobbyist, I mean, right. first and foremost. So everything I do with this company has always been geared towards people basically just like me and having fun with them. And one of the things I really enjoy is when my customers call up. And so it's not just a faceless, you know, order internet type of thing. You right, know? Right. And, and I do get calls all week long. Hey, Dave, how do you do this? What do you recommend for that? And that's that's a hoot for me. I really, really enjoy it. Well, and you've built this this great YouTube channel where you're uh, sharing skills, you know. And um, 
I, I won't mention any names in the armor plastic world. Yes, I will. Mig. Um, you know, where, where it's like the endless self-promotion with a half-nude model behind him uh, as he shows off new products like dust, you know, <laughs> dust in a pot, right? Right. Um, you know, right. I mean, no, I mean, you're sharing uh, the same sort of skills that the other great educators in the hobby, like Mike Blank or, or Marion mm-hmm. Ball do, you know, it's not about selling this line you have. You might be using a product that you sell, but you, you're, you're sharing the knowledge. How do you see that as being part of being a smart retailer today? Oh, um, when I first started doing those, there was very few. I mean, now everybody is doing them and that, you know, that's fine too. More of the merrier. But, uh, I knew I had to promote myself any which, you know, any which way I could. And I had uh, a local guy who was very good at, uh, you know, editing, producing, filming, because I have zero skills in, you know, in that area and never really wanted to learn. And we would sit down and map out these videos. And he would say, oh, what do you want to do? You got to give me the, you know, the idea. And I said, well, what about let's paint a face in one sixteenth scale? Let's show people how to do stippling on clothing. Let's you know, let let's paint a a, a German you know splinter pattern. Uh, how to paint a horse in oils? Uh, and it just it just kept coming up. You know how to do simple groundwork. And people would be emailing me saying, Dave, uh, can you do the color blue? Sure, I can do that. <laughs> and. Uh, they were really fun, and the site, uh, the Last Cavalry YouTube channel, became extremely popular. I was overwhelmed. Um, people all over the world watching it, and w- one of the things I think sets them apart is they're professionally done. Mm-hmm. They're produced, and I won't take the credit for that. But the guy that was doing it for me, unfortunately, he moved, so I haven't been able to do anything in a year or two. But uh, yeah, he did really good you know, professional editing. So mm. that helped. So uh, do you see uh, other uh, online companies like Sabat, which which launched after uh, Last Calvary, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, yep. Sabo. Sabo. Is that how we say it? Sabo. I've yeah. always said Sabat. <laughs> because I am an idiot. Uh, Sabo. Uh, do, do you see them as competitors or is there enough room, Dave? Because every retailer I've ever talked to, the margins are, are thin. You know, none of you guys are, are getting rich, you know. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, but, but, but how do you see it? Uh, is there a retail community the way there is a manufacturing community? I wouldn't so much say a community, but uh, there's definitely room. Mm. For, you know, someone other than just Last Cavalry. Last Cavalry couldn't support the hobby properly. I can't carry everything, and that's why they carry a lot of stuff I don't, and like I said, vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're able to, you know, really cover everybody. And uh, so, no, I think it's beneficial for the hobby because I do shows they don't do. They do shows I don't do. So it, uh, um, I, I think it's good. I really do. And... Uh, you said, you know, with, with Chuck gone, um, and he never considered me, you know, competition. We'd mm-hmm. always talk and, you know, hang out, and that was fine. Because, again, I was doing, you know, a lot of other things that he doesn't. I mean, for example, um, where Last Cavalry is really strong, just about everything we do is imported, is literature, 
books and magazines, mm-hmm. different brands of, you know, European paints. Mm-hmm. And in, and along with the figures where Sable does a great job, they do figures, which is great. So I, I, we, we are very strong in the, uh, uh, reference area. Yeah. 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 Um, how do you, so, so like you, like you said, you go to a lot of the shows and you go to the two I always go to MMSI and MFCA. Yeah. Do those shows serve mostly as a, a way to keep up the visibility or is it a big part of the, the business, uh, bringing in money? Oh, definitely bringing in money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of the people at the shows, um, <clears throat> yeah, you still have to keep your visibility, um, and that's important. Um, but yeah, th- those shows are, uh, are are very good for business. They really, really mm-hmm. are, and it's a blast for me because I can see all my buddies twice a year. Yeah, yeah. so um, and you get a chance to you know talk, maybe learn some new techniques. From different people, I love seeing everybody's work. So, yeah, I, I'd say a bit of both. Yeah, money and uh, exposure. It's a long Re-exposure. weekend, especially for somebody like you. You know, uh, you volunteered to judge. You, you, you occasionally are doing. No, I won't judge. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm exhausted. I, I have had you in the past judge for me. No, you have not, sir. Really? I, have never, I don't. I don't no. remember him ever judging. No. no. All right. No, I never judged. By the time, you know the. Uh, the trade is is over. I'm ready for an ice cold beer and dinner. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right. So, but it's still, but I do it's, seminars. Yeah, you do seminars, and yes. and uh, yep. uh, it's still uh, it's a long day there of, of yes. moving product. Absolutely, but it's it's fun when you you know when you finally put your head on the pillow, you feel pretty darn good. You're satisfied because it was a fun day. Um. The. Uh, uh, Looking ahead, uh, Dave, do you see yeah. um, 3D printing uh, as uh, as having an impact on retailers and manufacturers? You know, what's what's the perspective there? Mr. Biediger has this nifty 3D. I think you're on your second 3D printer, right? Technically third. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. You know, he's printed out a few things for me, a toy garbage truck and stuff. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, if people can buy a file and or share where a file and print it uh-huh. out at home, there's no need n- anymore for manufacturers or retailers. That is true. Um, except it is a different age group. <clears throat> typically a uh, good portion of uh, last cavalry uh, clientele would never do that. Now, am I going to be able to run this for another 20 years? No, probably not, mm. but I'm going to be able to age out with my customer base. I'm sure. Well, we're still going to need it, paint and glue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And again, a lot of guys are not going to be doing that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will. And, you know, well, frankly, the manufacturers are 3D designing a huge portion of the kits that are coming now. You know, and they're absolutely beautiful. I mean, the the detail, the undercuts, uh, just, just outstanding. So I'm all for it. I mean, you know, I know Alibaba is sharing, uh, you know, files for like, two three dollars you know pirating everything mm. 
Yeah. And that's that's always been a problem. And it's, I mean, it definitely hurts, but you just have to be really good to your customers and they always want to come back to you because you're going to give them good service and good advice. That's my philosophy. Are you working with any good, of the good, uh, 3D uh, uh, fantasy people or, uh, you know, because there are some cool companies out there. I did one of those big child creative busts for our yeah. uh, fantasy uh, 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 group build. And Barry, you've, uh, in addition to printing stuff out, you've bought 3D printed stuff, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Are you dealing That's... with any of those, Dave? Oh, the 3D printed Well, the uh, the, new, the newer companies that are uh, uh, producing good stuff but may not want to deal with retailing it. Well, uh, if I understand, I mean, I, I'm i the U.S. guy for Dolman Miniatures. Okay. Yeah, and that, all they're his, a great example. Yeah, they all their stuff is 3D designed, and it just gets better and better and better. Um, all the latest Andrea mm. product. It's all 3D designed. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, if it's a good figure, it's a reputable company, yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely want to carry it regardless, you know, how it was produced. Well, Dolman is such a great example because another advantage of the 3D designed uh, sculptures is you can release them in different scales. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's Fantastic. revolutionary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, a guy like me who likes one sixteenth or busts, but then I've got customers who only do one thirty fifth or one thirty second, ninety maybe, mm-hmm. seventy five, and they make them in every single scale. So that no, yeah. that, that's really a cool thing. Yeah. So, no, I I like that quite a bit. Yeah. What are the besides the three D world? What are the trends you're seeing in in uh, from the manufacturers and in retail today, Dave? Well, I would say. You know, the the manufacturers are always driven by the customer. Um, so what I'm seeing is a lot more larger scale figures, mm-hmm. 75 and up. Um, you know, our, our beloved 54s, they don't sell anywhere near as well as they did even 10 years ago. And I really think that is due to the uh, the old aging eyes yeah. <laughs> of, of, of a lot of the painters. Yeah, I really yeah, think that's yeah. – and that's what they told me too. So, oh, I love that figure. I just – I can't see it anymore even with my, you know, uh, Optivisor. So mm. I think that's definitely – I mean, sure, we're seeing a ton more fantasy, which is – it's good. No rules, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to paint anything a certain color. You just do what you want and – so that's fun, but I'd still say the bulk of my sales are still all historical. Mm. You know, I, I think other other companies, you know, other competitors are doing more with the fantasy, and you know, God bless them, that's great. But my customer base is still primarily historical. I'd say probably you know ten to one. Mm. Mm. Have you have you seen any uh, younger modelers moving maybe from fantasy into historical? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I used to teach a. Uh, a monthly painting class did that for about 10, 10 years in the Detroit area. I had a little painting club and I basically teach painting. And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of kids that started off with, you know, with a war hammer and doing all the war game painting and have moved into historical and they still paint the other stuff because a lot of these we'll call them kids, not really kids anymore. Um, they still love their war gaming, you know, so, Mm-hmm. They're doing both, and I, I, I see that with 
younger customers that I, I do have will buy, say, young miniatures, you know, RAF pilot bust, and mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, maybe something from a, uh, uh, you know, one of the uh, the fantasy companies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they are doing both, which is cool. Have you ever gone uh, overseas to any of the shows, Dave, or are you uh, strictly states? Strictly states. Yeah. I mean, I would like to go sometime as an attendee, mm-hmm. but I mean, I can't even go to Canada with products. Oh. And that's yeah, right across the border from Detroit. <laughs> I mean, that's it's 20 minutes from my house, but yeah, that, that you can't do that. That's a big no-no. So. Hmm. Is that because of paperwork and the border stuff? Yeah, because I'd be bringing product, yeah. and it's U.S. product. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you'd, that, you'd be stop dead, turned around, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or everything gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seize. So right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, maybe maybe sometime. I I really do want to get back um, to France. I mean, there's other parts of Germany, and Great Britain, everywhere. But I really want to go to Verdun at least one more time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to Ypres, and you know through the sound but uh yeah verdun just is just uh, uh i hate to call it a special place that sounds kind of crass but it's a very moving place i'd like to go back mm. Mm. maybe a, a place to wrap up dave is is a great philosophical yeah. question that has nothing to do with retail or or uh, uh anything um you know what is it with those of us who are drummers who are also miniaturists, it seems to me that the most primitive of musical instruments, I mean, no finesse, you know, we're hitting things, right? Yeah, and it's you right. and me, Mike Blank, <laughs> Nello Blank, Revecchio, yeah. uh, who we don't see as much at shows anymore, but he's still doing work. Um, those two things would I think not... Spencer Pollard and, you know, some of the British guys, they're all drummers. It, it wouldn't seem to go together. <laughs> no. No, not at all, and I, um, I, I don't know, but it, it is it is cool, and I, uh, I love playing. I love playing really fast, real punky. Yep. I mean, I can do the nice slow ballads, and you know, when I last, uh, you know, record I cut some years ago, yeah, it was mostly kind of slow three quarter time, you know, Irish flavored stuff, mm. but. One thing you didn't ask about, which I'm going to throw in there real quick, where did the name Last Cavalry come from? Oh, yeah. It was it was my 1980s country punk band. Ha-ha! <laughs> mm. All oh, right. Okay. And when, you know, the band finally folded, we had an incredibly great run in Detroit. I just kept the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I decided to start a company, I said, well, that kind of ties in, sort of, kind of. And... uh so yeah, I don't have an answer why so many drummers love to do what what we do. Yeah, well, we... I do have to say one thing though. Um, yeah. Most most drummers who paint miniatures seem to live a lot longer than drummers in general. Loose rock drummers. <laughs> I Ringo is yeah, I like think you're right. Ringo's seventy eight, man. Yeah, well, uh, that's an example. Yeah, a good example. And Charlie, Charlie yeah, was eighty when he died. Charlie Watts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on. I guess like we, the spontaneous combustion thing. Right. You know. I I don't know. I you, you've got a couple of years on. I know it was a Spinal Tap joke, Barry. Right. No one else is going to get that on, on this podcast listenership. Maybe Gary Baker, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, right? I don't care. I, 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 I you've got a couple of years on me, Dave. I'm born in '64. We haven't slowed okay. down. Vortis played punk rock tacos on friday night and uh 
there was a hundred, it was an all ages show, which is rare in Chicago. It was like a hundred, uh, 16 year old mohawked punks slam dancing oh, to cool. us, you know, Fun. and once, as always, we did 18 <laughs> songs, 26 minutes. Beautiful. Yeah, haven't That's slowed down. Fantastic. But then I'm not as good Great. a painter as you, so maybe that would be the key. I don't know. Pshaw. <laughs> oh, no, it's true. That's why I put things in boxes. I can hide stuff with the light. Well, it's always a pleasure seeing you at shows. It's always a pleasure oh, you seeing too. you collect you those gold medals too. You know, uh, yeah. uh, you're an artist and a scholar and a drummer and a retailer. It's a, it's it's great to have you on Small Subjects. Couldn't be happier to be here. Thanks, guys, and thank you both for all that you do. Well, you're most welcome. We'll see you in October. Thanks a lot, Dave. All right, see you in October, guys. Thanks. Ah, that was Dave Youngquist coming at us live from Royal Oak, Michigan. You ever been to the Detroit area, Barry? I have not. I've never... Well, actually, no, I I was at the airport, which is... It's actually a, a nice airport. It's a nice airport, and Detroit is coming back after years uh, of being decimated by the auto industry kind of falling apart there and and the riots of 68 downtown mm-hmm. Detroit never recovered uh, for no. decades uh, you and know it's actually it, a very pretty it's a beautiful city I, it I, is a beautiful I think, city I don't think people realize what a what a beautiful city it is in an industrial way, it is a beautiful city. And then the well, suburbs, you know, Royal Oak is is kind of a, a little village or a small town just outside of Detroit. And that's where uh, Dave is. You know, I, uh, I was writing my book about Lester Banks and one of his best friends uh, lived in Royal Oak and he was agoraphobic. So mm-hmm. he never left his apartment. And I was really happy he agreed to speak to me and we were going to spend a couple of hours together because he never left his apartment he neglected to tell me that it was the day of the annual royal oak uh there's like the biggest car parade in america of vintage cars go right hmm. down the main drag of royal oak. he neglected to tell me which uh you know impeded my arrival by about two hours <laughs> and I, and I, I know how uh, how much you're into uh, vintage cars too. Well, you're, it you're was kind of impressive. a connoisseur yourself, right? I am not at all. It was impressive to see them, but uh, you know. And then I got there and I said to him, "Wow! Of all the days for me to come visit you, with what's going on out there?" And he's, "Oh, what's up?" <laughs> 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 Made for a good story, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Dave Youngquist, and. You know, we'd be spending money with you even if you hadn't agreed to talk to us because yeah. uh, your service is fantastic. And he's a great guy, and he's a great businessman, and a, he's one of those old-style hobby shop owners who really yeah. cares about what he's doing. And you know, I just loves- wish he had, uh, you know, like like even if he just opened the doors one day a, a month, you know, I would like to go and see this stuff in person, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, know, but he's 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 more like uh, uh, facilitating, and and the stock yeah. is is that he has on hand is, uh, uh, I guess that's how you have to do it in this age, um, because who can have a small brick and mortar place that's that's stock sealing the floor? I mean, you know, the sure. hobby is not yeah. economically supporting that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, as as we've mentioned before, he is one of those guys that you call up and ask a question and he'll say, Oh, I actually have some of this. It's not on my site. And, you know, or have you tried this? He's, he's not only all about selling, you know, the latest and greatest. He'll, he'll talk to you about what you might want to, 
you know, alternatives or whatever. That was an absolutely true anecdote I mentioned to him where he talked me out of buying something on his site. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so, but then I just took that money and spelt, spent it on other stuff, you know. Um, all right. So uh, the other well, topic. Just, just let me just mention one thing. I, I, yeah. While we were at Nats in Texas, uh, we got this message on Facebook that one of our local hobby shops is closing down. It's actually oh, no. a satellite of the one that you went to with me, MRS in Sandy, Utah. Mm. I don't know if you remember that on our way back from Southern Utah, but um, I think I've been to three uh, with you out there. Which yeah, is, I'm amazed that there's yeah, and there's a couple well, I haven't been to. Well, this one was ten minutes from my house, so it was a nice, you know, on oh, a Friday okay. afternoon to go out there. But they were they were uh, co-located with Kit Links. I don't know if you're familiar with them, a mail order yeah. business. Yeah. But um, they're they're closing that down and just consolidating it back to their their shop that's about a half hour drive away from me or 15, 20 minute drive. So so you're gonna have bad. to drive drive longer. Yeah, but you know that happens. Weren't you from Provo originally, or no? Oh boy, yeah, that's that's like somebody asking you if you're from Pennsylvania. I'm from New Jersey. I know. I'm just. I'm just oh, I, I'm sorry. That's the closest I could be. I, I grew up in the town right next to Provo. Okay. I, I thought I remembered that. And yeah, we went and had ice cream there or something. Yeah. You pronounced the, the town's name as Orman. It's actually Orem. Orem. Yeah. Orem. I'm just asking because that guy was in the news yesterday. The FBI shot. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. Yep. I didn't. I was meaning to text you. And say they must be closing in on you. Uh, yeah. But, oh my God. <laughs> or some bad joke like that. But <laughs> yeah. And um, I didn't know him. I did not know him. Okay. Just, thank goodness. Yeah. Was not an IPMS member. All right. So let I, me. Ask I don't. You. I don't know if I go that far. He might be. Um, we both went to the IPMS International Plastic Modeling Society National Convention last year in Omaha, mm -hmm. um, and I vowed. I was done with this. We we did a wonderful interview with John Bonani mm -hmm. uh, afterwards. Uh, he I was know those so, Italian names can kind of throw you off. Well, I'm, I, but, you know, no, I get these brain farts about I get the wrong pronunciation stuck in my head. I'm just I'm just joking. I thought that was kind of funny. With I said it right name. this time. Yeah, I you know, did. I know. You did. A, you did say it right. I just. Yeah, I, I was there. Johnny B, as he's known in the hobby, you know, and he... I've never heard that one. It's JB, right? JB, JB, um, okay. which is the name of the governor of Illinois. That's why, you know, JB uh, Pritzker. So, um, uh, you know, and he was agitating for change, and it was backed up by the fact that polls of the membership uh, show that there is a, a desire for change to move to the open system and away from the first, second, and third. I got 65 Shermans. Only three of them are going to be uh, awarded. Um, uh, and then that... that editorial by the president about, you know, you're a freeloader if you just come to the show uh, and mm -hmm. pay your money and enter your rent. Uh, you know, I, I'm just, I was turned off by IPMS. Uh, I know primarily the reason you went is uh, good friends uh, mm -hmm. you get to see. But, 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 you know, so. The models, you know, yeah. Why did you want to go to Texas in the middle of July? Well, for one thing, I've never really been to Texas other than the Houston airport. And I like to, mm. to cross states off like on my map. I keep a map of the states I've been to. 
Well, right. I, you know, I, I went to South by Southwest, the big music festival, for like sure. 22 marches in a row. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Austin is a wonder. But Austin's not really Texas. It's a little oasis. Uh, right. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. There's it, nice. There are nice places everywhere, right? There it, are nice every, places everywhere, yes. Except for a couple places, but I won't mention which states I'm talking about. Um, so, but I wanted to go to, I wanted to go see a bunch of great models, uh, great vendor area, and hang out with friends. Was, All right. Um, okay. It was fun. And also, I kind of feel towns, like you, you, you were cheating on me, because you didn't even try to talk me into going. Well, when you're saying I will never go again, nope. And I even said, "Are you interested in going?" I know I said that, and you were you weren't like, ah, I don't know. Mm. You said in no uncertain terms, absolutely no way, nope. No. So well, yeah, but I could have been talked into it. Oh man, now you tell me that. Okay. Well, but no, you know, to tell you the truth, I feel tremendous guilt always given how wonderful the people in the Atlanta uh, club are, that I've never been to the Atlanta show. It always Mm -hmm. conflicts with Mm -hmm. my spring semester. And, you know, Greg DeFranco and so many friends in the Long Island club, I never get to go there because it's, it's conflicts with my fall semester and it's Mm -hmm. around Thanksgiving. So those are two shows I'd go to way before. I, you know, love to go to the Oklahoma show. I'd love to uh, be more supportive of APG, but it's kind of like, you know, you got, so many trips to a show in your budget. I understand. And it, it also is a time of year and just what's happening. Uh, yeah. It just works out for us better. So, I mean, if we had a lot of stuff going on, we probably would have decided, now ah, we'll go to New York instead or Atlanta instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, Joan was really advocating for Chicago and New York while we were there. Anytime somebody would bring up figure shows. So, well. She, yeah, we're uh, you know we're enormously proud of the Chicago show, and the Long Island group is great, and yeah. uh, MFCA of course just uh, oh, outside yeah. of Absolutely. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. All right, so you decided to go. How did the uh, Alamo Squadron Club? Did they pull it off well? I think they did a great job. It was it was really well done, uh, and you know they have a lot of help from the clubs around in Texas, and of course the national club, you know gives them support and um, whatever, but it was mostly those guys in Texas that did it and they did a really great job. Texans can be incredibly hospitable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They raised the tables, right? They did, which is for most of us was great because it is shattering news. IPMS did something different. Well, those guys down there in the Alamo squadron, uh, they told me they've been raising their tables for, they've raised their tables quite a bit at their Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and they've been told for years that, oh, it can't be done. It can't be done. And so they just did it (laughs) (laughs) because it's been, and and it is way better for most of us. What what bothers me, and I I don't know what the solution is, but there are certain people who are in wheelchairs who it kind of takes them out of the, they can't look at their displays. I know. Um, Or kids that we want to get interested in this stuff. So it's, yeah, yeah, that's tough to see, but Man, my back sure was thankful for it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 saving a lot of uh, a, a lot of folks the back strain and uh, uh, you know trying to bend over to look at literally five thousand models. I think I saw a figure. You know, take take those for what you will. Four or five thousand entries. Uh, I, I I heard three three thousand something three thousand one hundred something. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, well, you know, the, the reports on the uh, social medias, uh, you know, are all over the map. Uh, you know, a lot of people got COVID. That seems to be accurate. How many yeah. models? I've seen I've seen many different figures. Well, from um, the people who know what they're talking about, it, it's it's around 3,100. So. That's a lot of models. That's a it lot is. of times to bend yeah. over. It is. You know, yeah. and that's a lot that, that you're right. Alternately abled people and kids might be missing. Yeah. And, and the, the difficult thing about the display area was that the tables had to be so jammed in there, it was difficult to get through the aisles. Um, mm. But, you know, you know how things go. It's hard to, dip, to plan for everything, especially when the show is planned years in advance. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, you can't account for all the changes that have happened. So I don't I don't blame those guys for that. That stuff happens. Yeah, and you can't make everybody happy. Uh, no. Uh, did, did you come home happy? Did you win any first, second, or thirds? Well, it didn't make me happy, but I, I know, mean, it was... We, 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 that's not why we enter our work, yeah. Uh, I won a couple, um, and I think the coolest thing about that was the awards are really cool, and I, I really liked that they did. They did these little miniature Texas-style belt buckles, and they mm. were, um, they're kind of more akin to our show medals, you know, in, huh. in, in the concept. Uh, and there, I just like to see local things like a local spin on things rather than just another, you know, no offense to the people who do this kind of award, but you know, just another trophy shop award you can get anywhere. But right, when, right. It, when it's something local and it has some local meaning, I think it's just cooler. So, so it, 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 it's an actual functioning belt buckle? No, 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 no. It's, it's more like just a metal that is the shape of a belt buckle. Oh, I, was, okay. I meant to get it, bring it in and show it to you, but I, I forgot. Well, so, you know, everybody but me is, is listening without Zoom, so... Uh, well, but we'll show a picture. Oh, picture there you go. We'll put a picture on the blog. Um, so, so and Joan, Joan did well, too. She, she placed well, in well, her please, category. Please report, which, which of, enumerate... Oh well, I mean, she she built her her first. I, I don't know if she would agree with this. I I think she would agree that her first serious plastic model, which was a machine and Krieger kit, and mm. she did this weird, bizarre, you know, just completely trashed machine, um, with some kind of odd oblique commentary on art, <laughs> which was interesting. Mm. I'll, I'll show you a picture. I'll put it on the blog. Beautifully weathered, beautifully built, um, but she placed in her category. She got a, a third. Uh, she that, just wanted to see how, how she. That's how I did last year in my aircraft yeah. box diorama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she just wanted to see how it, it worked, you know. And, yeah. And and you know, I mean, obviously, you know, since we placed, we we're going to have sour grapes. Well, well, but then wait a minute. You still haven't given yeah. me the details. Well, which details? Uh, I have to like pull them out of you, like extracting teeth. You are, you are the exact opposite of humble bragging. What categories <laughs> and what what <laughs> what belt buckle medals did you win? Um, I I got a. So figures are pretty light at Nats, but there there was a, a comparatively good showing, and there were some nice medals there. But I took a a scratch belt figure completely sculpted by me and I, I got a first in that category which was scratch builds slash conversions mm, okay so, um, congratulations and then thank you and then the other one it was my little french tank that that uh has now been dubbed by a friend of mine down there in texas justin lentz he dubbed it the melting ice cream tank i think i don't know if you remember it but it's got it's got, the, it's got this fantastic color 
scheme. Yeah. Purple. Yeah, but it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got some pink on it and some purple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it it, it took a second in. I think the category was split. It was originally Allied tanks from the World War II era, and I think they might have split it out because because I saw other people said they got a second in that category. So I, I didn't quite catch it. I'll have to look in the categories. But the splits are kind of humorous and interesting sometimes. But Well, as we what, said last year when we talked about IPMS, the thousand different categories. Yeah, I don't think it's a thousand, but it does look that way. Might as it, well it be. Does. It might as well be. Um, did you finish the bottom of that tank? <sighs> you know, that's kind of a, a, a sore topic, but... Um, because I I never really finish the bottom of my tanks. I, I try to make it so you can't obviously see a problem or see unfinished plastic or something if you look under there. But he was he was glued to the base. So if there's a tank in that category that they need to look under it and they pick it up, it's not fair because they can't pick mine up. So right, how are they going right. to see that? I, I don't know. Context for our listeners. Last year, you and I laughed about... The picture of uh, a gentleman, we don't know if he was a judge or a spectator, shining a pen light into my box diorama uh, of the Lancaster on a bombing run. Uh, I don't know, to check for seams, to see how I suspended it in the air, who the heck knows, right? This year, uh, there was a viral contratemps, if you will, of a judge, confirmed judge, picking up a 135th scale tank shining his flashlight on the underside to examine the finish of the bottom of a tank. So a couple bottom of, si- of the couple of sins there. I mean, what the heck are you doing inspecting the bottom of a tank when some are mounted on bases and even others are freestanding, but you can't look at all the bottoms of all the tanks. At number two, what are you doing handling and holding precariously above your head with a flashlight on the bottom. What are you doing picking yeah. up models? With your, and to, to uh, paraphrase others, with your bare Cheeto-y fingers. <laughs> and you said Jones saw somebody doing that with a figure as well. Well, no, he was shining a flashlight up into the face, up under the face, to see how well the face was painted, which I, if you can explain to me how that works, I'll, you know, I'd appreciate it. <sighs> Try shining a, a light, a flashlight up under a figure sometime and yeah. see how well the Well, face we're, looks. we're trying to paint for the light, if not coming from the halo above, uh, then from a particular direction. Uh, but I can't imagine any reason I'd ever uh, shine a light from a different direction just to see. And I certainly can't imagine ever picking up a model. I'm the head judge at MMSI. You and I have judged at many, many, many MFCA shows and other shows. Um, what is this business of picking up models? I mean, it does it does happen on occasion with figures, as well, you said eloquently online. Oh, so you read that. Okay, because I was going to say... I, I read that. I, you, you said it well. I mean, there was a bazillion messages exploded, uh, most of them dumping on this guy and using well, it as an emblematic uh, incident that, you know, of everything that's wrong with IPMS and that mindset. Because you're yeah, looking for flaws. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's the meme of IPMS this year, right? Yeah. But it's... 
as long as you read my messages, that's all that really matters. Yeah, but you but, said um, it so well, you should reiterate for our listeners. Well, Just because I read them doesn't mean... The six well, other people who listen to small subjects, right? I was just joking, though, when I said that. I, I I need to put on a joking face, and I don't know how to do that. I just joke well, like that. Well, you know, yeah. that desert dry sense of humor of yours, I you know, yeah. if I don't get it, you know, uh, uh, knowing you forever and, and talking to you all the time, how do you think our listeners? I'm thinking of our listeners, Barry. Uh, it's not. So you're not alone, and I'll tell you what, when I go back east, and joke with people, and I'm sarcastic with people, I get blank looks. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> so I, I think there's something to do with the, you know, just the the different, uh, you know, cultures, subcultures, whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, what I said... Also, uh, so John you're, you're, you're also weird. I know that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I say yeah. that with love, yeah. Yeah, I don't even fit into the, you know, culture I belong to. But anyway, uh, John Bonani just... Uh, uh, posted uh, asking a question if you are in other shows if you're involved with other shows and he listed the european shows you know what uh what is what is their view on picking up models and since he mentioned world expo i just said you know i, I assume you also mean different perspectives from the u.s too and i just said in figure shows we almost always have them on bases mm -hmm. that you can easily pick up and, and it is common during judging, and I don't know what your experience is, but it's common during judging to have to pick it up or, yeah. or you know, and, and look at it. I avoid it whenever I can. Yeah. But sometimes you, in the displays, you just can't get a good enough look at it. But again, it's on a base. You're not grabbing the figure itself that they've painted. No, you're grabbing you can, the base. And you can carefully pick it up and look at it. Um I would never do that with a with a, a model or that's not on a base. I would never pick up the base of a large model or, or vignette. I would want a head judge to do that. Right. I don't know what our rules are on that. Now, actually, that he, since he mentioned it, but I think we don't have strict rules on it because it's never. I've never noticed a problem with it. It's never have ever you, been an issue uh, at any show where I've been a judge or run the judging. Yeah, I you know. I think. The only time I've seen something happen with judging is somebody picked up a figure once and there was no warning that nothing was glued. It, it wasn't, it was not only not pinned, it was like not glued to the base. Mm -hmm. And the, the groundwork was, it was like sprinkled on top of it and it just fell right off. Yeah. Um, and that was once in the 20 years I've been going to these. And I've seen a few broken figures, but... Everyone I can remember was where people had been careless with a strap. And it's, and I'm talking about a handful over 20 years. Yeah. Broken. Yeah. It's not a really common thing. Maybe I've missed something. Maybe other people's people would say, oh no, they're broken all the time. But I haven't noticed that a lot. No, I've, I, no, I agree. Uh, it's not something, and certainly it would come to our attention at MMSI. It would have come to our attention at the American World Expo. Uh, it just rarely happens. Judges yeah. know, and usually it will be one judge in the first pass of the open system where the team of three uh, is deciding which piece to award. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and it usually, the context is usually like this. You know, that face is amazing, but look at the back of the figure. He really didn't uh, he or she really didn't paint the fur cape. That's why I like this other figure better. Yeah, you know. yeah, it, right. Yeah, sure. Or the guy obviously has a shield on his back. Right. And he's a he's a, a medieval figure. I, I, 
be nice to see how he painted the symbol on the shield. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, it, it, it could be a fantastic face, fantastic front, and then this incredible, elaborate, hand-painted shield in the back, you know, and so you're picking it up yeah. to appreciate 360. Um, yeah. I've almost never seen our ordinance judges uh, at MFCA or at MMSI uh, pick up, uh, you know, a... Uh, 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 plane a tank a car anything on a base you know it's 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 yeah. on the base yeah and even with if it's off the base what i've seen people do and i'm not saying it never happens but tell me what you think I, i've seen ordinance judges take like a piece of paper or something and move it scoot it around so they can get a better look at it or something yeah carefully move it around right yeah i i have never seen anybody Thing uh, like say oh, we need to see how well they painted the bottom of a tank and pick it never, up. Never, never. No, that's just um, absurd. And it's, and it's a really odd point of view to me. You know, sixty-five Shermans in the one thirty-fifth, you know, uh, uh, U.S. Uh, World War II category, right? And it mm -hmm. comes down to I've got to find flaws somewhere to begin to narrow it down to three that are going to get honored. And so I'm going to look at the bank, uh, the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's just, that is such a wrong mindset. And then the IPMS guys say, well, you all with the open system, it's everybody gets a trophy. No, yeah. everybody's work is assessed on the level of the hobby today. You know, and everybody have you, comes have you away seen with any some of those feedback. people that say, right? And have you seen? I, I responded to a couple of those guys. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. I was following Asking, this from a distance. So what? But they never respond when you say, "Why do you think it's a participation trophy?" Because oh, well, I, I just I know those words, and I can just throw them out there. Right. Oh, but you expect me to explain what I'm talking about? Nope, can't do that because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. That's what right. it comes down to. Right. They have no idea what they're talking about when they say that. You know, it, it's it's an anti-art mindset. Um, this it's an anti-craft mindset, too. Right. Well, this first, <laughs> second, and third idea that there can only be three winners, right? As opposed to there is so much good work and some of it's gold and some of it's bronze, some of it's silver and some of it's a certificate. Uh, you know... The only reason we're talking about it again, largely to an audience of people who embrace the open system. Um, we're preaching to the choir, that's for we're sure. We're preaching so, to the uh, choir, but, you know, why does it matter? Because I'd like to go to IPMS and not grumble the whole time. I welcome any group of modelers in the fantasy world, and, and that's on my wish list, too. I should say going to some of those, uh, like Wonderfest in Kentucky, right? I'd love sure. to, yeah. to see, you know... Uh, uh, you know, the hobby is small enough in all of its different, whether it's plastic modeling or fantasy or sculpting or, or the one twelfth scale figures or the, you know, our connoisseur figures, right? Um, it's small enough that every group should be embracing anybody who wants to come, but, you know, hen hence the IPMS anti-freeloader attitude. Yeah, well, and it's not, I don't know, most people who are who think that their way of doing things as far as the contest is a little bit what old fashioned or ridiculous we're not grumbling the whole time i don't it doesn't bother me that much you know that like if i take up something that doesn't place or whatever 
Oh, yeah, I, I, know can, I, I, I know it's, you. It's you you could have come home with nothing uh, instead of, uh, you know, a first and a second, did you say, or third? Yeah, for, yeah. Uh, first and second, yeah. But Yeah, well, but you and Joan, you got, you, together you got first, second, and third. Uh, you, could, you guys could have come home with nothing and you wouldn't have bothered you in the least. Yeah, and it's and it's fine when it's fine that a lot of people want to do it that way. The thing that bothers me is this attitude that there is no other way to do it. It can't be done another way. Yeah. And then you and then you speak to them like they're a tree because they will never absorb any information or even give you a counterpoint. They'll just say it can't be done. And then you say, "Well, it is done all the time." Well, it just couldn't be done. Uh, yeah, it is done. Well, and then the president, good old, uh, you know, Mr. Freeloader, posted a thing saying, well, n everybody always complains, but they never give ideas of how you could improve things. Yeah, we always do that, constantly. And that's your response, is in, you never give us a way we can improve things. You, in in yeah, JB's poll, there were ideas. In JB's interview with small subjects, there were ideas. There were a million different ideas in these Facebook conversations. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and one idea is the open system. Shep Payne had that fight with them 40, 45 years ago. Uh, right. Why is it worth fighting, you know, Brad James, president of the MFCA, said, why are you even thinking about IPMS? Because, again, we need people uh, in all aspects of the hobby to be growing this hobby and embracing people into it. Yeah, I agree. I, you know. I, I totally agree. Well, good riddance to IPMS, except for I want to hear who you got to hang out with. Who did this caricature where where I look like Grandpa and you're my 12-year-old grandson? I don't know why he thought that I was your, yeah, your 12-year-old grandson. Um, but it's uh, in the the podcast uh, seminar, um, Bob Bear, who runs it, asked one of his friends. He's a, he's a broadcaster, mm -hmm. and he has a friend who does cartoons and he asked he gave him some information kind of gave him some pointers what he'd like to see in him and he had him draw a caricature of all the podcasts that were there and <laughs> he was doing, on the it, blog. doing it live uh as the thing was happening he, he was not doing it live he did it for him for this thing but as he went through each podcast and told a little bit about them the image would come up and he would uh, and, okay. you know that one got a big laugh and especially with you holding the box that says shep that's Which pretty, I think he, he, he didn't quite get what box meant, so he has you were holding a box that says Shep. Oh, I thought, actual, I thought like it a, was like a, a, like a sheet of paper. I didn't get that it was a box. I think it was a box, but anyway, okay. I could be wrong. But it, that was interesting, and that was a fun session, too. It, it worked out a lot better than it did last year. Yeah, last year was, was not thrilling. Uh, yeah. But, 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 the, but you um, were good. But, you were good last year. No, 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 no. I, I, I was very uncomfortable. Um, I was kind of snarky and a jerk this year, and I'd, I'd, I think I come across that way, but I'm just joking with people. I hope they know that. So, um, but anyway. All right. Not to, not, to, not to the audience who was asking sincere questions. I, no, no, I, I wasn't a jerk. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, so who else did you get to see? Um, well, we hung out with our good friends, uh, Travis and Chessie. Travis was on uh, the show. He's the, the gentleman who has a PhD in chemistry. And, I love that um, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have seen fun. him. Yeah, they they are great people. We we really enjoyed that. Uh, we got to stand in the Texas sun, which we were expressly warned not to do this, but we went to a famous barbecue place down there mm. uh, 
called Burnt Bean. It's in Seguim, is that the name of the town? And we stood out there for two hours uh, oh, in the heat, God. <laughs> waiting in line. And we uh, discovered that it is a good idea to always travel with a doctor. Because um, Joan had a bit of a, she tripped and fell. Mm. In addition to the heat, she before said, Before she okay got COVID. I, this is before she got COVID. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, it's just, <laughs> this has not been her summer. It's been a Yikes. really bad summer for Joan. Yikes. Yeah. So, uh, but she's okay. She Travis's was okay. wife I, is a doctor and... Yeah, Chessie's a doctor. And so it's just very comforting. It was comforting to have her there. <laughs> Definitely. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah I think we so, got to wrap Joan in bubble wrap if she's planning to come to Chicago. I think I might have to do that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, she'll be nice and uh, immune from uh, COVID, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, any other good but, conversations or hangs? Uh, Hang out with the uh, Plastic Posse guys. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Grant, TJ, Scott, JB. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, got to go have dinner one night with uh, Will Pattison. Hey, and, yeah, and and some of the other some of the other guys. Uh, John Colasante, who is just a, a great dude on SMCG, and Tim Campbell, uh, John Everett, who is a character you would love him. He does dinosaurs. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a blast. It, the, the show was a lot of fun and I, you know, I don't regret going. I meant to introduce this conversation, which should end here instead, um, uh, by saying I now feel about IPMS the way mm -hmm. I felt about the five or six Grateful Dead shows I had to review during my <laughs> career as a uh, newspaper rock critic. Mm -hmm. And um, it is this. It's a fantastic party in the parking lot. It's a damn shame they have to ruin it with a concert. <laughs> if That's only a really the, good... In if only the dead didn't play, right? And, and IPMS, <laughs> it's great to see the vendors, to see our friends, to compare each other's work. If only they didn't ruin it with first, second, third. I agree with you, and I don't think we're alone. Um, and I just, you know, there are a lot of good people in IPMS. There are a lot of people trying to improve things. And there are a lot of people who are stuck in 1970 and do not want to change a thing. So yeah. that's the way it is. However, um, next year in Madison, it's going to Madison, be in Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Ah, it's like Just four up and a half hours from, from here. I know. Yeah. My best friend from college who, who listens to this podcast religiously, even though he has never had any interest in models or figures. Hmm. So, so hi, Jared. We'll see you next summer, probably. He lives in Madison. So. Well, you and Joan, you know, coming out here every year for the Chicago show, I've always wanted to go to Milwaukee, and I do love Milwaukee. We can yeah. make a little road trip, Milwaukee, Madison. Uh, that'd be a fun summer vacation. I think that would be cool. I've never been to Wisconsin. Ah, there's yep. some good parts of Wisconsin. Um, what the heck is happening with the small subject Hasterex group build? I don't know what happened, but it exploded. And it wasn't just from us announcing it on our last episode. Because oh, no, there no, were a, no. <laughs> it, it, a few people trickled in after the, uh, the first week after the episode. Mm -hmm. um, aired uh but then about a week later all of a sudden it's just blown up and i there's over 600 members now i think or around 600 
Uh, and that's that's not like it's a major site, but I mean, it's just I didn't expect that much. I thought it was going to be kind of a small group of friends, but there are a lot of people interested in it. Well, in the media world, you know, uh, people are always obsessing over what and how things go viral, uh, what goes viral and how it happens. You know, I, I didn't expect us, you know, I got to say, though, it's a little disappointing uh, it's not disappointing to see so many hysterex enthusiasts. You and I mm-hmm, were, mm-hmm. were were gushing uh, yeah. with endless optimism about our love of that white plastic when we talked about it in the last episode. Mm. Here's yeah. what's disappointing. I don't think, uh, you know, like Greg DeFranco and Evo Prada and some of the fantastic modelers that are, have joined the group and are sharing there, I don't think they understand we're, we're trying to build now together a hysterex piece to bring to one of the next shows we go to because a lot of people are sharing uh there's there's two kinds of sharing people are sharing pieces they did 30 40 20 years ago yeah yeah which i great to see i love seeing them and people are sharing all sorts of articles uh from the super detailed how to build horse harnessing uh, for the bridal, uh, to general hysterex features. All of this is great, but I, mm-hmm. I want more people to be building. I already did my two-figure vignette. I, I took out the white plastic. I did the, the, the I put it together. It's already done. Wow. I have a different view of it than you on this. I That's because you I, haven't done anything. Right. True. But I see it as all part of the, part of the same thing. In fact, I consider changing the name of the group to just the small subjects hysterex group because it's kind of not it's turned it's not as much of a group build anymore and i understand no. where you're coming from but i feel like all those posts are inspire people to want to work on it so i don't see how it hurts anything i think oh, it's great no, no, no. I, I don't think I it hurts it. anything i think we have a, a great outpouring of fandom and love for hysterex which i applaud there's my yeah. applause. I just also would, you know, I'd kill to see Greg DeFranco sit down and do a Hysterex piece today. And I would, e- I would Evo Pratt is a fantastic sculptor, uh, you know, who is now in the retailing end of it, too, with figures in Italy uh, giving us hands and heads and, yeah, yeah. and you know, uh, horses. Um, you know, I, I would just, you know, um, because what I learned from my first Hysterex pieces, even 20 years ago, to this figure, uh, two-figure vignette I just did, um, I, I think it, it, it's a million times better than I was, and it could still be a million times better than it is. Um, there's a progression, there's a growth, and it was fun to do that with friends, even if only virtually. And it'll be well, fun, fun I to think see it, it if at, you... at shows. Yeah, but I think if you see it that way, uh, that those guys are inspiring, and I really hope Greg keeps posting that stuff. And oh yeah, and no, no, Evo. I don't want to dissuade them. Uh, I just um, want to encourage them to join us and put something on the table for the group. I, I would love that. That would be the ultimate. I would yeah. love to see Greg uh, post some photos of of stuff. Uh, he showed a, a couple in progress, but I think they were ones he had already finished. Right? I, yeah. I don't know that he showed one. No, um, we haven't but, seen any uh, that he's doing currently. Because, again, the idea is with a group build, and this comes from the plastic world, and we embraced it. First, uh, with the Fantasy Bust, uh, which was our first group build, and at MFCA we had uh, half a dozen uh, uh, guys who, you know, and, and your wife, Joan, you know, went out and said, I'm going to do this Fantasy Bust. I'm going to do it at the same time. I'm going to show it as a group. And yeah. and that yeah. was fun. And and I think we were envisioning that at MMSI in October. Uh, are you, are you going to get yeah. something done? 
The Hysterex? Yeah. I'm going to try. All right. It's only, you know, early August. You have time. Right. Yeah. I I know what you're saying, and I and I thought that's what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, like I said, like 20 of us in there yeah. making Hysterex things. Yeah. I'm actually happy with, with what it is here, and I think... I think us may, uh, those of us who are going to make things, it's going to be a subset, and we will see more Hysterex out there. Yeah, I the do. Show. I think people are getting excited about Hysterex again, and if we've done that, uh, if we if we've played any small role in that, that's a noble thing. I'm I'm happy. Yep, me too. So uh, you know, the next show that we're both excited about, MMSI, uh, October twentieth, twenty first in Schaumburg. Uh, we, we have now announced officially, uh, that all those box dioramas by Shep as featured in the caricature of me are going to be on display. Mm -hmm. I, I'm mm -hmm. just freaking out. Joe and I, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Burton, uh, president of the MMSI and endless enthusiast, you know, said, you know, has promised everybody and, and made some announcements that we're going to bring all of these dioramas that we got in the auction and that we repaired. And then I pointed out to him, eh, you know, what are we going to rent a truck? <laughs> right. That's a, a good point. You may have to hitchhike, you and Joan, because you guys We've usually... already talked about this, and we've we've considered we we just uh, go right directly to Schaumburg. No, I solved um, the problem. I, I, I investigated some supersized SUVs uh, wow. that I, I can rent an SUV for the show. Jeez. Yeah. That's, that's serious. Well, you know, I, we got, I got three boxes of judging stuff, and then all these box dioramas. Got to get, got to get them. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be a heck of a display yeah. to see, like fifteen, uh, not all Shep, uh, three or four other artists as mm -hmm. well, but to see fifteen or twenty of the most classic examples of box dioramas that this hobby's produced in the last half century. Yeah, that's, that's going to be fun. I'm excited. I really can't wait. And and I'm sorry, the one that I. And by the way, I officially committed to uh, buying the the Hamlet one from from Joe. Wow! Um, that that one will not be <laughs> repaired because I want to be the one that repairs it. Yeah, so you're going to take it take it home with you. But you know yeah. what? We should take the inner tray out so people could see sure. what no, what it looked like. Uh, because the before and after, and Shep's MacGyver genius in in you know lighting these dioramas than the one with you know the ghost of hamlet's father has the mirror and the ghost and you know how did he do that right so it's it's mm -hmm. a real you know we were talking earlier about uh, royal oak and the classic auto parade it's like you know yeah it's like yeah. those as far as I, I not that i know anything about cars but those guys seem to love to lift up the hood and show how yeah. shiny and amazing the big engine was well that's essentially well, what we'll be doing yeah yeah it'll be really cool It'll be cool. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll see a lot of our listeners there. Hopefully they'll have some uh, uh, Hysterex group build uh, display and other pieces. And hopefully if they've never been to a figure show, we've, we've had a couple um, that uh, folks come uh, to MFCA and MMSI for the first time from, you know, talking it up on the podcast here uh and mm -hmm. then they kind of see how the open system works and and a different attitude besides first second and third i'm in competition with everybody yeah. Yeah. um you know and it, they don't have to like it and they don't have to adopt it and no. i'm and i'm not about to go tell everybody that this is the way to do things and our system's the best 
No, but it's another way to look at things, though. I'll leave it to Chris Meddings to do that. (laughs) He's been on fire on on, uh, on Facebook just saying, you idiots, uh, there's a better way to do this, and this is is the way. I wouldn't say that. You just, you put your New Jersey spin on it, but he, he doesn't. He doesn't go around calling people names. All right, all right. I think that, I, I, you know, I'm, I was paraphrasing. I'm not direct. <laughs> I know you were you were doing a, a New Jersey paraphrase. Well, you know, right? but his his exasperation at people who will not consider <laughs> another way to do it uh, <laughs> yeah. has been amusing, to say the least. It it has been, yeah. and that's the last time we'll talk about IPMS. Uh, in this next year, I swear we got Ex- better. Except, except for we plan to have Moran Van Gills on. Oh yes, that's to true. do a special episode. It might be just a kind of a, a, a special one that's a shorter episode, talking about the different permutations, especially since he knows so much about the ones in Europe yeah, of the open it's true. system. It's true, and yeah. he's an extraordinary, extraordinary plastic modeler, uh, yeah. you know, uh, as well as an extraordinary, extraordinary uh, figure modeler and yeah. box diorama maker. Hey, you know, as Marin, Marin was following this Facebook insanity, and he said, I have thoughts on this. It's like, you know, Marin never has to ask us twice to have no. a chat with no, us. No. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. You want to talk yeah. to us about it, Marin? We're, we're happy to have you. He, do you think he has sour grapes and that's where that came from? Well, obviously no one would ever want to talk about judging unless they have sour grapes. Well, of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know. and, and I, know, I know how bitter you are that you only won a first and a second I'm still bitter, uh, will be to my dying day that I got a third last year at IPMS. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, I it's just to have so much. In, I, You know, people were remarking in the Hysterex group of like how quickly I moved on this two-figure vignette that I did mm-hmm. for my Hysterex. Mm-hmm. And... You know, part of it was that that was a project literally that was uh, germinating since 2010, right? Mm -hmm. It was a book about, uh, called Escape from the Alamo, about Mm -hmm. the defenders of the Alamo, uh, which brings us back to Texas again. Um, You know, that it only makes sense once the three walls were overrun that some of the defenders, vastly outnumbered by the Mexican army, took off over the fourth wall and tried Mm -hmm. to live to fight another day. And, of course, Santa Ana's uh, lancers were lying in wait and, you know, didn't work. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's archaeological evidence, there's uh, historic evidence, especially from the Mexican side, uh, that this happened, right? So I've been wanting to do that vignette of of a Texan, Texian, escaped from the Alamo and confronted by a lancer. Um, So it was germinating, germinating, and I, it was like in my head uh, for, for, for 12 years. And then the pieces were there, and they came together, and I knocked it out. And people were like, I can't believe how fast you are. You know? But I got to tell you, Barry, every single second, I had a little more time than usual because school hasn't started yet again. Um, every single second was a joy. Right. I had more damn fun as I do every... I am currently... Uh, I'm so glad you wanted to tape today because I wasn't sure you did. Um, <laughs> I, I am... You know, even the things that are crazy-making are a joy. I am trying to paint a 124th scale chess set. 
mm-hmm. and I am trying to shade the pawns. <laughs> shade and highlight the pawns, right? Do you, do you need to? The one that I've successfully pulled it off on after three attempts looks so much better than the single cut. Yeah, I need to. Okay. Right. Yeah. Did you, uh, as long as you painted the bottom of the ponds? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good, uh, is a good question. I don't know if anybody's going to, but it's going to be in a box diorama. So nobody, nobody's ever turned my boxes upside down. Well, as long as you paint the backside of the figure that's not visible from the viewing window, right. it's okay. Because well, if you don't, you, then you've only done part of the job. I mean, you know, how do we know it's good if yeah. the parts that we can't see aren't good as well? Well, it is entirely conceivable that a judge could go in with one of those dental mirrors and a pen light and check out the backs of figures. Yeah. Um, thanks, as always, everybody, for listening. Uh, I'm glad you were as talkative as you were, Barry. You came, you came back with lots to say. I, I figured you were going to be like, uh, I don't have much to say. Well, sorry. No, that's I think great. I'm just, I think I'm just relieved that Joan's feeling so much better with her with her COVID. So I can't, it's a good, good day. I can't wait to see her, uh, you know, in October. Can't wait to see you in person in yeah. October. And no, you're not going to stay at Schomburg. You stay with me and we'll get out to Schomburg. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> All I'm right. going to rent. I'm going to, you know, if I need to rent like a U-Haul truck, I will. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay.